0: what's going on world family thank you for checking out journey of the mindset if you're listening to journey of the mindset the podcast or any of the podcast platforms you can also see the video on youtube at 143 speaks i appreciate all of your support from my 143 speak followers you guys are amazing know that you are loved and your life is love love is what guides the world until next time world family i love you stay safe peace we aim high. We aim the rise, and every vision that's real is analyzed. To let me fight fighting my bones has been applied. Every thought I'm a loser be denied. Um uh, dedicated to the cause. I'm back, I'm reborn. That's facts. Now take back what's yours. What's going on, world family? It's your boy Donald Jones, and welcome to another episode of Journey of the Mindset. I have a special guest here, Miss Anne Walker. I am very, 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 very excited for you to be on the podcast. And um, I just want to tell you, I really appreciate you for being here.
1: No problem. Thank you for having me on today.
0: Do do you know what you're getting yourself into?
1: I think so. I hope so. (laughs) I hope so. The Terror Dome. (laughs) (laughs) No, um...
0: I really want to welcome you, um, and just to give a little bit of context, because I like to, um, to let people know where I've met people that come onto the show. Um, me and you actually was connected by a mutual friend, which is Mr. Sherman Brown, which is a mentor yes. of mine, and a professor of mine, and I believe a professor of
1: yours um, yes, as he well, Yeah, was right? my professor, uh-huh, in Monroe College, he con- at Monroe College.
0: At Monroe uh, same place that I was at, Monroe College when I um actually met him. And if you guys don't know my story and y'all don't know who Mr. Um uh, Sherman Brown is shame on you because you should have been following Journey of the Mindset for a long time. Okay. Right. I'm done scolding everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but um he told me that you had a um uh a, a, a podcast that you allowed me to be on. And the podcast, excuse me if I mess it up because I always mess up everybody's name and everything. Perfect perfectly, perfectly purposed podcast. Yes, you got it. That's it. Perfectly purposed podcast. If you uh-huh. guys haven't heard of it, go on to um to, to iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, all the podcast stations. Am I correct? Yes, Spotify everywhere. Everywhere, and check out perfect perfect. Purp- 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 here we go. Perfectly purposed <laughs> podcast. It's a very, very, very good podcast. Um, and it's funny because when I was doing my research on you when he told me, he said, hey, you know, I have somebody I think that, you know, I want to I want to connect you with. I um, mean, I think you guys would be good to be on each other's shows. I said, you know what? Let me do my research. And when I did my research, I started to hear things that I really, really liked. And I also noticed that you do speak a lot on the spiritual sense, but you have a different, a different way of doing it. And it, it reminds me a lot like, like T.D. Jakes, right? T.D. Jakes. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, I, and I say that because when I was growing up, um, of course, I don't know if you've ever been through these stages when you're a young kid and I'm like, I don't want to go to church. It's boring. You know, I don't, I don't want to go. And I never wanted to go because I could never connect more so with the pastor. And I remember it was this one pastor. Um, I'm going to shout the, the, the church out and uh, welcome Memorial Baptist Church um, in the Bronx, uh, 169 at Grand Concourse. That's why I was baptized. Um, nice. He would go up there and he would tell stories and it would be in like in a biblical sense. And made so much sense, but the way he would talk about it with so much emotion and being so dramatic when he was telling the story, I would sit there as a kid like, oh wow, like I I I, <laughs> I, 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 I like this, you know, this is this yeah. feels good, you know? And I lost track of my relationship with God. Um I was baptized at the age of 16 on Easter Sunday. Um and I've always had this 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 relationship where I felt like I wasn't a dedicated Christian, I'm more so uh, Mm -hmm. a Christian that just jumped rope. And when I say jump rope, I mean that in a metaphorically term where I just jump in, jump out, jump in, jump out. There was never a consistency with me being a Christian. And Mm -hmm. it would go, it would be years before I would even speak about God. Um, It would be years before I even would pray. And it wouldn't be until something very, very bad happens that mm. it seems that I find my spirituality. So I just want to get, I'm going to be quiet because I know I done started this off talking a lot, no, but I just want to get fine. your input <laughs> on that, you know, because um, I'm in a different place now yeah. than I was. And I know that a lot of it is because I did start to build a consistent, strong relationship with God. So mm. I just want to hear a little bit about you and pretty much like your journey and and your relationship that you have with God.
1: Okay, well, just to... Before I put a pin in it, dealing with like the consistency and everything, that's something that we all struggle with. Like, you could be in church for 30 years, however, plus years, I haven't been in church that long yet, but we all struggle with consistency and we all struggle with keeping that relationship with God. You could be inside the church and not be connected to God at all. That's very possible, you know? And I think, like, people who aren't in church yet or who want to get to know God, they get discouraged because they see people within the body of Christ and they think, oh, they got it all together. They're perfect. You know, um, they got this thing called life figured out. And it's not so, you know? Like, the only difference is that now, you know, we're connected to God and we have someone who can lead us and guide us toward our steps. But even then, we can be in the church and we can falter, even then, we can be literally sitting in the pews and not feel connected to God at all. Because I've had those experiences while I've been in church, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, my journey with God started in college. So I didn't grow up in church at all. Um, my mom used to go to church and my dad. But, you know, when you're a kid and you go to church, with your grandparents or the neighbors, they were those type of Christians. They weren't even they were they were Catholic. So whatever. Mm-hmm you know, neighbor was going to church. They both grew up in the islands, you know, the neighborhood, everyone knows everyone's kids. They will go to church with that neighbor. And that was about it. You know, my mom even made a joke. She used to say, um, we'll go to church to eat cake, right? (laughs) (laughs) They'll just go to church for the treats that they will get at the end. Literally, she would say that, her all my aunts and uncles. Um, So they didn't grow up in church. and so me and my siblings, we didn't grow up in church, you know We did grow up with morals and everything and being taught right from wrong. And you know, I remember growing up and seeing my mom always praying. Um, I don't know exactly where she got it from, if she picked it up from the time she did go to church as a child, but she definitely I would see her during hard times, and you know, when my family was going through things, I would see her pray, and I would see her write in her journal about prayer and everything. Um, so my journey with God didn't start as a kid. It actually started when I was in college. So um, I moved out my mother's house. <laughs> you know how it goes, thinking you're grown and everything. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. we, had, we had a misunderstanding. She told me to get out of her house. And I was like, OK. And I packed up my stuff. <laughs> I called my then best friend and I was like, come get me, you know? Oh, you were ready into, for this journey. <laughs> yeah, I, I moved into my then um, boyfriend's house. It was, a, it was a guy who was born in Monroe College as well. Mm-hmm. And there, there was a lot of lessons in that relationship that God taught me. I didn't know it was a lesson I was about to enter, but he taught me that. And um, basically, there were, and not, to, not to get on track, but I, I want to kind of explain it out, how everything happened. Um, I moved in with him. We were living together, playing house, and I might offend a lot of people because they'll be like, "Oh, I'm, you know, living with my boyfriend or girlfriend, and we're not married. We're not playing house. Like this is for real." But in my experience, it was playing house because we had no real foundation. Um, We moved in together, and we basically were our foundation was basically like sand and dust and everything. Just like the Bible talks about, you know, having a short foundation. It talks about you know, building a house on sand and building a house on a firm foundation. We, mm-hmm. Our relationship was built on sand. It had nothing to do with God. Our relationship was like, oh, he, he looks good. You know, oh, she looks good. We look good together, let's be together. Like that yeah. was our relationship. And because our relationship was based on us, it quickly fell apart over time because there was no real foundation in it. So we're together, we hit a rough patch. Where it was, um, it was bad. <laughs> like basically, I ended up essential Central Booking.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness! I feel like, what
1: I feel like you? yes, yeah, me. I feel like I'm gonna be telling this story for the rest of my life. That's how I because this is how it happened. I ended up. We got into a situation, right? First of all, let me back a little bit. We didn't really respect each other, you know. He cheated, I cheated. We didn't respect each other. There was no real respect. And like I said, in the relationship, it was never about the us. It was never about God. It was about me and myself and I, even though we were together. So, to make a long story short, everything climaxed. We got into a situation. I ended up with Central Bookend. Um, He put an order of protection against me. Y'all, I'm not crazy. I didn't do anything. Okay. I was lying on. No judgment. But nonetheless, this is judgment-free
0: zone. Don't worry.
1: That's how it ended up. So, I, God literally put me in a place where I had no choice, but I had to move back home because I literally couldn't go back to my, where I was living, and I literally had to come home. Now, during that time when I was out there, you know, working, doing my own thing, my mom, she had started going to church. She had met a woman, like, in Payless, and the woman, the woman told her about this church um, that was uptown Allerton Road, and she went, and next thing I know, like, my mom's going to church and my siblings are going to church, and when I when I got in a situation where I had to go back home, my mom was like, okay, you can come back home, no problem. But one thing, whoever lives under this roof has to go to church. So mm-hmm. My mom was like, I don't care if you come in at five o'clock in the morning from the club, you have to go to church. Church starts at nine o'clock. you like, nobody stays in my house on a Sunday. So I basically was forced to go to church at like, tw- by then I think I was like, what, 20, 21, I was forced mm-hmm. to go to church. I had no choice. And at first I went and everything and I wasn't happy about it because I didn't want to be a hypocritical Christian Mm. you know growing up Mm. I would see people say they're Christians and they do everything that I do and I'm like so what's the difference like you you literally do the same thing I'm doing I don't I don't get it like you're a hypocrite right even though I didn't know the word of God I was very quick to call people a hypocrite (laughs) very quick um and through going to church and everything I started to be like, I don't, I don't want to be the hypocrite. Like, I want to be real about this. I really want to know who God is. And then that's when I started to, like, cut things back. Like, you know, my friends would hit me up. Oh, let's go here. I'd be like, no, I'm good. Or I, I remember I used to lie. I'd be like, oh, I don't feel well. I'm going to stay in tonight. And, yeah. it, <laughs> and it wasn't that I didn't feel well. It was that I didn't want to go and then go to church on Sunday. Yeah. It just And it was something like church wasn't an option for me. It's something, like, I had to do. Because that was my mom's rule. She was like, you can move back home, but whatever you do, I don't care what you do. You have to go to church. That was like, period. That was the rule across the board for everybody. So um, then fast forward, all of a sudden, I started to like, understand the word of God. And I started to say, you know, I really want to know who God is for myself. Like, I don't want to just go to church because, you know, my mom said I have to go. And then once I moved back out her house, then it's like, oh, now I'm going to go back to my regular life like yeah. that's a waste of time so I decided one night randomly it was literally like it was the end of service it was the second service so it was in the evening like 6-7 o'clock I was like you know what I want to get baptized because they've been asking throughout the week oh who wants to get baptized and the pastor came to me was like why don't you get baptized and I was like oh I'm not ready I'm like you know I still have things that I do and everything and I, I don't want to get baptized and then mess up and I was like You know, I don't want to take that leap and then basically fall. And what he told me was, well, you never know. You can be the one to get baptized and then all your friends can follow. You never know. Mm -hmm. He was like, you're not going to know until you actually do it and just just let God take control. You can't drop off everything on your own. It doesn't work like that. So... I got baptized late one night, and then after that, I was like, okay, I don't, I feel the same because I've seen people get baptized and they get the Holy Spirit yeah. and they start speaking in tongues, and none of that happened. Let me tell you, my, my experience with God was so different. None of that happened at all. <laughs> I basically went in the water, came out the one, was like, okay. <laughs> um, and it's funny because my um, my current pastor he always says like baptism is not just the act of going under the water, but it's a heart act. The act of going under the water is just to profess your faith to every like basically in public to say like this is a new step that I'm taking in life he was like if you go down the devil you're gonna come up a wet devil like <laughs> that doesn't change anything you know but I didn't know all this back then this was years ago I didn't know yeah. so um I got baptized and then slowly but surely like as I tried to you know live for God and try to build a relationship with him different things started dropping off you know like I no one told me to remove my piercings. like, I did it of myself because I felt like convicted to do it. Um, and then, you know, stopped, started tra- trying to drop off certain types of music I was listening to because I didn't realize it until after I got baptized and, and received Jesus in my heart that I had a huge, huge lust problem. I didn't know it until then. That's when it started to like really come out. So yeah, I feel like I'm talking to you today. No, <laughs> no, 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 you're not.
0: No, <laughs> because you're, you're, making, you're, making, you're making a lot of sense and you're at, yeah, answering a lot of questions, one that I was going to ask today, but two, oh. <laughs> like that I've asked myself because I've, the whole hypocrite part, right? And, and being like halfway in, it, it's something that beat me up for a while and also stopped me from going to church because I didn't, I didn't, I wanted to make my commitment to God. I didn't mm-hmm. want to make my commitment to a church. God, so, yeah feeling like I would be frowned upon because I still want to practice my religion more so at home, in the street, wherever it is. I don't, I, I don't want to be looked at as somebody that just comes to church when he wants to or comes to church on a holiday and things of that nature. One of the things that actually um, deterred me and it kind of like destroyed my thought with the church where I had jumped out of church completely and I started practicing mm-hmm. other religions was um, I had went to church on, uh, on an Easter Sunday. I think this was mm-hmm. like a year after um, I was baptized. And the pastor was saying, you know, he went up and said, you know, don't come up here just this one day because it's Easter Sunday, you know, to praise God. You all should be coming here every day to praise God. And it bothered me because it went on for about a good 15 minutes. But I was saying to myself, like, I would use this opportunity right now. The people that are here, the people that don't come to church all that time, I would give them an experience of a lifetime, of a lifetime to show them yeah. what a relationship with God would be like in this little moment or whatever the few hours that, that the service is, that's, that's yeah. my moment to show them, not to condemn them or, or talk yeah. down to them. And it turned me off where I said, you know what? Mm. The way I was being taught how to be a Christian felt good up until that moment that it mm. seemed like it, it, was, it was fake. You know, because I yeah. thought that we, we encouraged. We 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 try to bring people you know closer to God. We don't we don't talk down on them and make them feel um, like they're doing something wrong by coming that you know to church. You don't know what happened the day before or, the, or two weeks before. Maybe somebody lost yeah. their mother and just felt like you know what I wanted to come in there for the first time and it just happened to be Easter Sunday. So um, from that point on, I I um I had left um the uh, the Christian church alone and I started practice of uh, religions. I was a Muslim for a little um, a little bit of time practice Buddhism, nothing felt like the Christian way. Nothing felt mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't feel that that spirit that that it's hard for me to explain. You know, it's really hard for me yeah. to explain. But um I, I knew that home wasn't the other religions. I loved them. I enjoyed them. I actually learned a whole lot from studying those two religions, but home was me coming back to Christianity and I I still even coming back I still dibbled and dabbled, dibbled and dabbled mm-hmm. and where I became a little bit more consistent was when a series of bad events started happening. So I want to go back to you right so okay. you being you being um you being sent to central booking from the situation that that occurred between y'all yeah. when did you realize that <laughs> No, life needs to change. Did you realize it during the midst of the situation or while you were sitting in Central Booking?
1: When I was in Central Booking, I just wanted to get out. I was like, Lord, I didn't even know who Jesus really was. I just yeah. knew, like I said, going back to what I said before, I would see my mom, you know, pray and stuff and walk around the house and just talk to God. So I knew that much. So I was like, God, like, just get me out of this. And what's funny is that he did, like... You know, everyone, well, I don't know if everyone knows, but in New York City, when you go to bookings on a Friday, you don't get out until Monday. Monday,
0: and you eat those nasty McDonald's sandwiches. That's I don't how I about that.
1: <laughs> I was only, right? I was only in Central Booking. I got out like late Saturday night, which doesn't happen. Everyone knows like you get out Monday. But, you know, I was like, God, please, like, just get me out of here. I don't belong here. Like, I don't, like, this is not me, you know? And he did it for me. He got me out of there and whatnot. And then, of course, here came my mom with the, oh, you have to go to church. So now I had no choice. I had to go. But I realized I needed to make a change, not even in that moment. It's actually when I was going to church. I realized I needed to make a change when I was just hearing about, you know, how God the keeper and how he created you for a purpose and how there's more to life than what meets the eye. is more to life than just the everyday, you know, working, you know, and having the weekend, having fun, then going back to work is more to life. That's when it dawned on me, like, you know, let me really look into this thing, you know? And not only that, but just feeling his love too. Like you said, it's something about Christianity, just being in God's presence and feeling his spirit and his love. It's something about it. It's something that you can't even explain. And it's something you don't experience anywhere else. Or in any other religion, feeling that love and literally feeling his spirit. Everyone feels it in a different way. But literally like feeling his spirit is like an unimaginable experience. Yeah.
0: What do you say to someone that says to you, Well, God doesn't answer my prayers? I don't I don't talk to God because he doesn't answer my prayers.
1: I will tell them that, and it's so funny because I literally had this conversation. <laughs> it's crazy. I had this conversation with one of the kids I work with which is so funny because I was at work and one of the kids came to me and was like, and I've been working with kids for years. So I already know, like when it comes to schooling and kids and stuff, you're not supposed to force your religion on them, which I don't. Mm -hmm. But I didn't want to let the opportunity slip away where the child would walk away thinking something crazy and not having another point of view. So, randomly, the kid came to me, like randomly, we was not talking about anything, they was like eating, and they were like, I don't think God is real, randomly, then looked at me and then just like walked away, and to me, it was so strange, because I was like, like, why of all the people to pronounce that to, you would say it to me, you know, these are kids, they don't know my life story, they don't know I'm a Christian, the kids don't know these things, they just like feel... You know love from you or they say oh you know that person is funny i love this person but they don't know those things to that extent they can feel it but they don't understand it like psychologically yeah so after the child says i sit there and in my head it shocked me like i was sitting there like that was weird like you know i wonder where why they would say that like where that came from so i was like oh why why do you say that and they were like oh because i asked god about like i just said oh, god, can this happen? I don't remember. It was something simple, like their toy broke or something. And they were like, and my toy wasn't fixed. And I told them a story when I told them that I brought, God brought back to my remembrance a story of when I was little, I was the only child for some years. Like me and my siblings are um, about six years apart. Mm-hmm. And I was, so I was the only child for a while. And I really wanted siblings. And I remember like getting on my knees, like I said, I always seen my mom pray. I remember getting on my knees and praying and saying, God, I, I want a sibling, like, you know, but I don't know if I want a brother or a sister. I can't, <laughs> like, I can't decide. I don't know which one, but I want a sibling. And then guess what happened? That's why I was telling to the, um, the kids. I was like, guess what happened? They was like, what? What happened? I was like, my mommy got pregnant with twins, a boy and a girl.
0: Oh, wow.
1: True story. Like, my wow. siblings, like, I can show you pictures. Like, I have a I have siblings with a, a boy and a girl twin. And I told them, they were like, they was like, really, Annie? Wow. So, so that means you prayed and God heard you? And I was like, yeah. I was like, now, I think the reason why he heard me was because I prayed, a really, I prayed a really special prayer, is what I told them. I didn't just pray for, like, my toy to be fixed or to find a penny. I prayed for something very special and something that was very dear to my heart. And I feel like that's why he answered and I, I don't know if I did a good job in explaining it to them. I don't know if they're going to keep that in their hearts or whatnot. But later on in the day, one of the kids, she was like, oh, God, like, I want to watch this show or something like that. And then she was like, oh, yeah, Annie, you said it has to be something very special. That's not special. Yeah. So, I, so I think they got it. I don't know. God will know in the future if I planted a seed or something. But to answer your question, I would tell somebody that God does hear our prayers, but God knows what's best for us. And there's certain prayers that he will answer that is going to be something along your journey of life. It's going to answer something or connect what is along your journey. So it's not that he doesn't hear your prayers. He hears, God hears all of our prayers, but God is not going to give something to us that's not good for us. He's not going to give something to us that is going to destroy us along the way or is not going to help us to be the best person we can be. And he's not gonna give us something random either. Like, for me to get up and say, you know what, God, I want uh, a Bentley, <laughs> and then I don't, and then I don't get the Bentley, and I'm mad, talking about, oh God, don't hear my prayers. It's like, but do I need a Bentley though? Can I afford a Bentley? If something broke on the Bentley, can I afford that piece? The pieces to foreign cars are expensive because they're mm-hmm. rare. Mm-hmm. So why would God give me a Bentley, knowing good and well that if it broke today, I ain't gonna have no car? I'm going to be in debt because now I done took out a loan on the car or done spent all this money to get the car. Now I can't pay my rent. Now I can't pay my mortgage all because of this Bentley.
0: Exactly. He's not going to
1: do that because he knows all things. So instead, he's not going to give me the Bentley because that's a prayer that I don't need. You know so what? that would be my answer. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's, it's you, 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 you you knocking things on the head. Let me tell you, it's, <laughs> it's very funny because um, I, I always say God is not a genie. So, you're not going to just go with, hey, hey God, can I please have a million dollars? Can I please have a Bentley? No, no, he's not, he's not a genie. God doesn't take care of wants. He takes care of needs.
1: So, yes.
0: if you're praying for something, right, just because you didn't get it the way you wanted to doesn't mm-hmm. mean that your prayer wasn't answered. So, if I said, hey, um, I'm broke, I'm down to my last dollar. God, I, I wish somebody, I wish he'll send me a hundred dollars. I may walk out there, there's not a hundred dollars on the floor, I'm not going to find it, nobody's going to call. But what might happen is, right, what might happen is I might go walk past a food bank and they're like, hey, they might stop me and be like, hey, we really got to get rid of all of this food today. Can you please take some? And I go in there and I have enough mm-hmm. food, hundred dollars worth of that. food to bring home to my family. You know, so, right. I always try to open up people's mind and perspective when they say like, you know, I don't talk to God because God, um, God doesn't answer my prayers. He may have answered your prayers, but... You you just may not um, you may not have seen it. There's a story, right? right. Um, I don't know if I heard it on Home Alone or, or where I heard it about a, a guy. Um, he's in the ocean, you know. His, he was in a, a ship in the ship um, uh, sink, and he's in the ocean. And a boat comes and it's like, "Come on, man, come up here." He's like, "No, no, 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 no. You can go ahead." And the boat, the, the captain in the boat is like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "No, I'm waiting for God." Then a helicopter comes, try to save mm-hmm. him. He's like, "No, no, no. Go ahead. I'm waiting for God." Then a little small little boat comes to try to canoe to try to get him. He's like, "No, no. Go ahead. I'm waiting for God." He drowns. He gets to heaven, and he says to God, "Like God, like why didn't you save me? I, I, I was waiting for you." And God says to him, "Well, I sent you a, a ship, I sent you a boat, and I sent you a helicopter. You didn't take mm-hmm. none of them." So it, it we we come up with our own perception of how we think our God is supposed to answer our prayers and the yeah. things that He's supposed to do for us, you know. Right. And um, I think that if we if we one understand that when you when you're praying you have to put yourself at a humble state. You know, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're praying to a God. You're not, you're not going in there with a cocky attitude like this is what mm-hmm. I'm supposed to get. You know, you're humbling yourself. You're, you're talking exactly. to him. And um, I, I think that that plays a very, very big part in, um, in, in your relationship and building a relationship with mm-hmm. God. So,
1: yeah. Oh, and you... I want to add, I want to add, sorry, and praying according to his will. What you don't, you don't pray in accordance to his will. And the only way to know what's his will for your life is being in a relationship with him. Like, there's no way to know his will without the relationship. Because I mean, I feel like now what you were saying about the boat, came and the ship, I remembered, I thought back to a conversation. I've been having this conversation a lot lately when it comes to singleness Mm -hmm. and like finding like a spouse and everything. Like I had a live last week and, you know, people sent questions and a lot of the questions was about relationships. And we were talking about it. We were saying, like, you know, God might have sent the person for you. This is male or female. And because they don't look the way you want them to look or they don't have the qualities you say or the money you say, whatever it may be, you turn the person away. And God is literally sending people your way. He sent someone last week. He sent someone the week before that. And you're just like, oh, no, I'm good. Like, that's not, that's not, he's not my type. She's not my type. I'm not, I'm not interested. And literally, that's the person that God has for you for various reasons because mm-hmm. that's the person who completes you that's the person who's going to help you grow along your journey the person who's going to pour into you the places where you lack they are strong in but you keep turning this person away because th- they're not the part that's not what you want and like you said we got to humble ourselves because and th- this is a whole I've been seeing this, this a lot lately um, someone had no, a I don't that remember that means God name. wants you to
0: speak it that means God wants you to speak yeah. it yeah what's going on world family stay tuned for Walking Your Purpose part two coming next week Who's got the guts to last? I'm in line next. Who's got the guts to pass? I'm
1: in third. Who can events to class? Ain't no time left. Welcome to the journey of the mindset.